Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 174 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and today's episode is Food for the Head, Heart, Hands, and Feet to help you really be able to enter into not only ordinary time, but time itself, focusing upon the fact that the time is now to live out your best life. The time is now for you to be intentional and to go and to embrace whatever comes your way, be it difficulties or hardships or joys or lots of celebrations, but to truly enter into each and every moment because they don't come again. While also speaking a bit about how it is that Satan tries to derail us from that by having us focus upon the things that we think we are not, rather than focusing on the things of who we are. So I hope that this episode really helps you be able to embrace this summer season. And in a particular way, uh, it has uh, some of the wisdom uh, that have kind of garnered and gathered as grace from God himself, of course, uh, during the recent Camino uh, journey that I made with my husband. So I'll be putting out a special episode uh, podcast about the Camino and the wisdom and some reflections from that uh, at a different point. But today, I want you to focus on the time is now. So buckle up. Hope you enjoy and see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons here. And if you're only watching the podcast on YouTube, you're missing out on a few things. You're missing out on introduction. You're missing out on what's going on within the CS to Holiness community. And also you're missing out on those practical resolutions that I put together from the conversation, from my sharing of the food of the head, heart, hands, and feet. So if you want the whole experience, go and make sure to check out the podcast at your favorite podcast listening platform. And if you are just listening on YouTube, that's great and welcome and thank you. But make sure to hit the subscribe button so you know anytime that I go live because I have a weekly live show. And then also make sure to hit the notifications button, which is probably the same thing as a subscribe. So anyway, back to our show. Food for the head comes from Bishop Robert Barron. He says, we are able to love only in as much as we have received as a grace, a share in the very life, energy, and nature of God. So what exactly does this mean? It means that we are only capable of loving only capable of loving 
as much as we've been given love himself, which is all a grace, which the sacraments, our daily prayer, any time that we are spending with God and receiving him, who is love, then we are sharing in his very life. We're receiving his energy. We are being transformed into his nature. And this is the absolutely mind-blowing thing about who God is, is that he invites us to become more like him. So just recently, we celebrated the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And the fact is, is that Jesus was a divine person, is a divine person, because he's alive, is a divine person, but he has a human heart. He has a human heart. And this should give us great encouragement. This should give us great hope because we are created in his image and likeness. We're created in God's image and likeness. Male and female, he created them. This is what our, our salvation history tells us. This is what God has told us, is that we've been made in his image and likeness. And the fact is, is that we are destined to be with him for all eternity. But our experience here before we're with him for all eternity, if we choose it, of course. We always have to say yes. But our life here is only filled with the love. And we can only love in as much as we've received God's love. So each time that we put the brakes on receiving his grace in the sacraments, for example. So uh, if, if as a parent... You have not baptized your child, for example. You're putting up a barrier to God's grace to work in your child's life. It's harsh. It's harsh to know that. We want to do everything to help our children to love them, right? But yet we get sucked into this worldly view of, oh, we're going to let them decide. What are you letting them decide? Whether or not they're going to practice a faith? That's a whole different ballgame than baptism. Baptism is saying, I want everything that's best and good and true and beautiful for my child. Therefore, I'm going to baptize them. Let God claim them. They're, they're made in God's image and likeness to begin with. Our children are on loan to us. God entrusts them to us. So for us to baptize them is just ensuring that they can have a share in his very life. So going back to ourselves, if we don't come to the sacrament of reconciliation, if we don't come and receive the Eucharist more frequently than just once a week, each time that we aren't spending time in daily prayer, we are putting up a barrier to sharing in God's life, to receiving the graces that we need to be able to have his very life, his energy, and his very nature transforming us as we live out this life. So one of the things that we have to be attentive to is knowing this so that it can then influence our decisions so that that way we can open ourselves up 
just you know went on uh we biked my husband and i we biked the camino and if you missed out on on all of those i i wrote a blog each day blog post sharing notes from the camino uh from our journey but one of the biggest things was this idea of lord help me open myself to all the graces you desire to give me so that this last sunday we actually heard just recently in the gospel you know to you've been given too freely you are to freely give and this is that same concept that bishop baron is talking about we have been given love freely with no cost but we only receive as much love as we open ourselves to so we need to be attentive to opening ourselves up more and more receiving his grace more and more and then to freely love our food for the heart comes from ricardo sanchez and he says the devil knows your name but calls you by your sin but god knows your sin and calls you by name there is nothing so powerful as being called by your name this is why it's so important for us to enter into relationships with one another to be able to come to be known and loved and called by name this is the essence of love is that you know i i think all of us is probably or at least i pray that each of you has had the experience of a loved one someone who is precious to you call you by name and there's something dramatically different when someone who loves you cares for you knows you calls your name and someone who might not know you and just says hey christina you know how are you is different than my husband or my son or a very very close friend calling me by my name as well the devil loves to call us by every other name other than our true name the name that we have been baptized in the name that god through our parents gave us god knows that name and that's the name that he uses for us even though he knows all of our failings satan the devil he knows our name but he knows its power because when we're called by our name then it harkens back to it echoes the one who named us and claimed us so he's not going to use our name instead he's going to call us by our sins he's going to call us by our pride he's going to call us by our cruelty when we might have said something or done something that harmed someone he's going to name the sins that we know we have committed and he's going to remind it remind us constantly because he's going to accuse us he's going to say you are your sin 
In fact, you're so bad that there's no way, no way that you have a share in the redemption. There's no way. It's so bad. Because Satan wants us to doubt. One, God's goodness. But most fundamentally, his love for us. He wants us to doubt God's love for us. He wants us to do this. So how do we fight this? How do we, anytime Satan calls us by our sin, this is when we're buying into his lies. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I am unworthy. Those are the fundamental lies that, that he speaks, but he speaks lots of others. Anytime we buy into the lie and we think that we aren't loved, that we aren't known, that we aren't precious, that we aren't destined to be a part of God's plan to bring about the salvation, the redemption of the world alongside him, anytime that we doubt those things, we're buying into Satan's lies. Anytime that we are focusing upon any kind of uh, discouragement, anytime that we're thinking less of ourselves, anytime that we are believing without our own experience about a lie about someone, this is where, you know, consuming the news, you know, and social media can be so damaging is because we are being formed in the perception and perspective of others, which might or might not be rooted in truth. So, and anytime we pass those on, that's gossip. So it's not a, oh, well, people need to know, but rather it needs to be thoughtfully discerned and determined, is this true? And then it's about only sharing it with people who need to know. And that's where, you know, being close with God and, and having his eyes, his perspective is so important. But anytime that we are denying the goodness and the truth and the beauty of who we are, we're allowing Satan to call us by our sin. God knows all of our sins but he still calls us by name. Why? Because he is love. He is love and he desires for us to become love like him. This is the challenge. We have to do the work and we have to trust that this is true. This is why we immerse ourselves in salvation history. This is why we immerse ourselves in the stories of salvation, the, all the stories that are found within sacred scripture. This is why we immerse ourselves in the stories of the saints, is because they remind us of who we truly are, while Satan is trying to remind us of who he wants us to be. So, remember this. God knows your sin but he calls you by your name. And any time you have someone or something that's causing you to be naming yourself according to your sin, as Satan at work. So say no to it and then allow yourself to be quiet, 
and to spend time allowing God to love you and call you by name. Our food for the hands comes from Jeanette Winterson. She says, it's hard to remember that this day will never come again, that the time is now and the place is here and that there are no second chances at a single moment. Why might this be food for the hands? Well, when we're living intentionally, when we're living and have put first things first, when we prioritize the right things, and what are those right things? Those right things are God, friends and family, and then living out the fullness of who we are in relationship with God. Those are those priorities. Now, in the midst of that, do we have to support our families? Yes. Do we have to uh, be uh, responsible and attentive to our duties according to our state of life? Yes. But those should not overwhelm or, subs you know, uh, or, or make less the first priorities. The big rocks. There's always this great analogy that's used, uh, especially on retreats, to help people kind of reprioritize. And it's that whole idea of, hey, here's a bunch of rocks, here's a bunch of little stones, here's a bunch of little pebbles, here's some sand, here's some water. Can it all fit in this jar? And you put it in. And, of course, the first time you put it in, it doesn't work. Why? Because everything but the big rocks was put in first. But when you put in the big rocks, the priorities, when you put the core priorities in first, and then you put in obligations and responsibilities, and then you put in all the distractions, all the other stuff that takes away your time, but you'll put it all in, and it's amazing. It all fits. But it has to begin with an intentionality about putting first things first. Jeanette Winterson is speaking to this truth. It's hard to remember that this day will never come again. That doesn't mean we go and eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we will die like the Epicureans did. That's not what we are doing. Rather, we are being intentional about how we spend time. So like I'm doing this podcast, I'm being intentional about spending this time in order to, what I hope, is inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness. Because the reality is, is that we are all called to bring everybody with us. That's, that's what we're invited to do. We have to bring as many people as possible with us on the journey. And God, over time, has revealed that this podcast is one of the ways that he wants me to reach out, that he wants me to accompany, to help, you know, others in finding him and deepening their relationship with him and being accompanied on the journey. For each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast right now, you need to know that I pray for you and I prayed for you on the Camino. That was one of the things that was beautiful about the Camino, about the pilgrimage, was the fact of it was pilgrimage because it helped set reset the priorities. 
I was able to, alongside my husband, we were able to see how it was that we were letting things get in the way of the things that truly brought us joy, of the things that really opened us up to experiencing beauty in our lives. And that beauty and that experience of it brings peace and joy, as I've mentioned, but it's something of where there is satisfaction and fulfillment, not because we've done something, but because we've been something. And we've been together in relationship. Relationship with our spouses, with our family, but we have to prioritize those things, right? I'm sure all of us can come up with an instance in our lives of where we can think about, oh, I should have spent more time, and I didn't. That's where Jeanette's advice is so important. The time is now and the place is here, and there is no second chance at a single moment. And this isn't to be oppressive. This isn't to be, oh my gosh, I got to do this and that. No, no. It's about saying, Lord, how do you desire me to live this day? And the only way to do that is to begin with him. When we begin with him, then he helps us be able to determine. It gets easier over time but relatively easily how it is that we need to be spending the time, how it is that we need to be becoming more like him. What did Jesus spend his time doing? He wasn't doing teaching all the time. He was doing it by through modeling of how he was living his life, but what was he doing? He was getting up early in the morning. He was going off and praying and spending time with his father. And then he would come and he would be in relationship, particularly with his disciples, but then especially with the people that he would encounter. And he would trust that the people that he was supposed to encounter that day, God would bring them to him. That he would encounter them when he was supposed to, where he was supposed to. And so often, I know for me, I force that. I think, oh, I need to go and do this or that. And it's like, no, let it come to you. Allow God to bring it to you. Be intentional and think. If, if that's where you think you need to be going or what you need to be doing, then take those small steps towards it. And God will reveal through practical circumstances whether or not this is the case. If it becomes more and more difficult for you to accomplish something or to do something, then you probably need to revisit, is this where it, God really wants me to be? And the way that we do that is through our being intentional, growing in virtue each day so that we can be faithful to what God has placed before us, so that we can live out our vocation. It's threefold vo- the threefold layers that I speak about. Um, of that call to holiness and our state of life, but then also our personal mission. And our personal mission isn't necessarily to, like for me with this podcast, do I have millions of followers? No, no, I don't. But that's not who God wants me to be impacting. He doesn't want me to be impacting millions or even thousands. He wants me to be impacting hundreds maybe a couple thousand. But the fact is, 
is that it's not about how big the work is, but it's about how well you do the work that has been entrusted to you. And that's where you need to remember, this day will never come again. The time is now, the place is here, and you don't get a second chance at a single moment. Our food for the feet actually comes from Helen Keller. In her book, The Simplest Way to Be Happy, she says, a happy life consists not in the absence, but in the mastery of hardships. Wow, coming from Helen Keller, that's saying quite a bit, isn't it? Helen Keller, in case you might not be aware, she was born blind and deaf. And for a long time, she could not be reached, and she was living in a world that was uh, dark and scary. Until she had a teacher who was willing to be able to spend the time. I believe her name was Anne. I can't remember her last name. But the fact is, is that it was through relationship that someone was able to break through and was able to open up the world for Helen. She did this through sign language in, in, you know, signing in her palms. And then she was able to, from there, Helen was able to then, you know, enter into, you know, what was going on around her. But the fact is, is that Helen tells us a happy life doesn't consist in the absence of hardships, but rather in the mastery of them. That's the way of the cross. That is the way of the cross, people. Mastering of hardships is the cross, whatever they might be. Some of the crosses might be significant. They might be huge. Might be the loss of a job. Might be the loss of a spouse. Might be your parents, you know, um, are needing care. Could be that, you know, a sibling is dying of cancer. Whatever the hardship, whatever the cross is, it is in our mastering of them that this is where happiness dwells. I still remember a quote, and I it, it's so funny. I look back now. It's a quote from Benjamin Franklin, and it was very similar to this, of where happiness does not consist in doing what we want to do, but in doing what we need to do, but in wanting what we need to do. So it's that it's this whole idea. I'd never realized it, the fact that I was living out this wisdom and didn't know why it appealed to me. But I think it appeals to all of us because it gives meaning to everything, doesn't it? So uh, there was one particular instance on the Camino uh, that, uh, you know, in my uh, notes, I uh, entitled it The Hill from Hell and More Humility. And it was the next to last day. Um, and uh, very simply, uh, we encountered a 800-meter hill. It had been raining, you know, it, huge storms had moved through the area. Uh, it had been raining, and it was an 800-meter hill, which was uh, dirt and rock, um, and pretty much had kind of gotten washed out. Uh, pretty much all that was left was a bunch of big rocks, um, and, uh, you know, and then... Uh, 
you know, there was kind of ruts and everything in the road, and it went up. It was like 13% grade. It was ridiculous. And we're going, where did this come from? Because it was supposed to be an easy ride. But the fact is, is that we're like, okay, well, need need to get up this hill. So we start up this hill, and um, I was struggling, uh, you know, to get up the hill, and Paul was doing his best, but he hit a rut, and I heard him, you know, behind me, um, you know, fall, you know, I heard him cry out, and so I, I stopped, looked back, saw that he had fallen, and so laid my bike down, ran back down the hill, and, um, you know, subsequently was able to get the, the bike off of him, pretty much the biggest thing was is that he, he fallen and the bike had fallen on him so uh on especially on his knee so we got up and then we had no other choice but to push the bikes up and it was like you know dragging a stone uh for whatever reason for those of you who might know bikes they don't you know the bikes that we had were metal they were not carbon um, which most bikes uh, here in the United States have gone that direction. Uh, so the bikes were much heavier than we were used to. And then we had some gear on the back because we had panniers and we were carrying some stuff. Um, and so anyway, so we pushed the bike, his bike up, and then I go back down to get my bike. And as I'm coming up with my bike, it was something of where it's like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm going, oh, you know, I can feel my my uh, muscles are aching, particularly my cask is trying to push up the up the hill. But the fact was, is that we get up there, we mastered it. We, we got through it. We mastered that hardship. And we look back at it. And of course, we tell the story just like I did now. And we look back at it. And it's just like, there's joy that's there. Do we want to relive that? No. <laughs> no, we don't want to have to do that again. But the fact is, is that we look back at it and we find joy. Why? Because in the midst of that, I know that God was with us. Why? Paul had his knee hurt. And in fact, he, he still was reco he's still recovering a little bit. Um, but it wasn't serious, serious. We were able to continue to go on. Same thing for me, you know, I was tired, I was achy, you know, I was wet <laughs> because it had been raining, um, but we, we made it and happiness comes from doing what we have to do. And this is the thing about our life. This is the thing about our journey towards heaven is that it's in the mastering of the hardships, but it's in the uniting them with Jesus on the cross. Because any hardship, anything that you don't like, you didn't choose, you can't change, and you don't understand, that is a cross. And it's a sacrifice and an opportunity for you to unite yourself with Christ. And when you do, he makes it mean something. So everything has meaning. Everything has purpose, if we but allow it. So 
So what might be some resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, just as I spoke about in regards to um, Helen Keller's comment about mastering hardships, getting better about accepting and trusting. So perhaps this week, what you can do is that you can just be intentional. Anytime you're faced with a situation that you don't like, don't understand, can't change, or didn't choose, just say, Jesus, I trust in you and enter into whatever it is that you're struggling with. A second one is in order to be able to set aside the names that Satan calls us, he calls us by our sins, go to the Sacrament of Reconciliation. It's been a couple of months now since Easter season and Lent, and that tends to be when most of us are real focused upon uh, going to reconciliation and making sure that we're right with God. But I invite you, use this time ordinary time. Use the summer in particular in order to make this a gentle time for you to continue to grow in your relationship with our Lord and go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Or a third one, make sure that you are being attentive to opening yourself up to all the graces that God wishes to give you. And one of the best ways you can do that is by being intentional about either just stopping by, uh, spending time before him in the tabernacle, or be intentional about going to adoration and spending time with him there. Again, it during the summer months, we tend to kind of like put our spiritual life on hold and we're out and about and we're experiencing God in nature, of course, but one of the best ways that we can be transformed and receive all of what he desires for us to receive is by going and spending time with him, either before him in the blessed sacrament in the tabernacle or at adoration. So hopefully, all of those different suggestions, one or all, will help you continue to discover that the time is now for us to continue to grow and love and serve our Lord. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.